Is there a breakdown in store for Ty Montgomery? Is there a payoff to waiting for Sunday night to start Jordan Reed? And what New England running back might be on the start radar for the first time this season? Plus, the second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, Jeff Habenstrike joins the program to discuss not waiting on a quarterback while waiting on a tight end. The Bengals backfield and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. What more can I say? We top billing it. Stallion without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that killer. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to talk away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving. Hotel begging Johnny and mommy to get the away. Yo, here's a gun, son. Now run, get it the gut away. Live to shoot another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakinetics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, a Yaman or Nine with last night's shootout participants, a Would You Rather with Christian McCaffrey, and more, plus Jeff Habenstreit drops by to talk about his second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, starting Tariq Cohen over Jordan Howard, and a lot more. Shout-out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions y'all might have right in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour. Uh, you can uh, connect with me on Twitter at Eric Balkman, and Dave is at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFHour. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. If you have not sent them already, we'll try to get to all the chat room questions, the tweets, the emails, and more in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show, brought to you by our producer, mutual friend Rob, and our audio engineer, Bryce, working very hard to get those to us uh, tonight. Uh, exciting stuff this week, once again, is I uh, got a couple of tweets about this. The high stakes lowdown on rotoviz.com, which you can check out at rotoviz.com slash podcast. That is now a weekly show, weekly through the NFL season. And I'm sure we'll go to monthly, uh, you know, when things slow down a little bit. But right now, throughout the season, uh, we are going weekly. And this week, you can check out uh, Don Metter, of course, 2010 FFPC main event champion Don Metter, and 2016 FFPC main event champion David Hubbard. So a pair of uh, of main event winners on this uh, this episode is a fun one to do. It's uh, hopefully a fun one to listen to. I hope you get a lot of enjoyment out of that as well. Dave, I appreciate you fighting. Uh, fighting this this flu bug or whatever you have. I know you're under the weather tonight. I really appreciate you doing the show, man. I'm fine, Bulky. Don't worry about it. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm also glad to hear that we can uh, introduce our uh, guest tonight. I want to bring him on right now. He runs a home league 
called the St. Louis Slammers for around a decade and a half, which is how he was introduced to fantasy football. Launched his high-stakes career playing in the W Cup and is drafted live in Vegas several times as well. Currently, he is in second place for the $250,000 grand prize in the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome into the show Mr. Jeff Habenstreit. What is up, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, having this slightly above-average player on before my team drops out of contention. You are way better than slightly above average, my friend. You are crushing it right now, and that is a poor attitude to have. And I know you would only say it if you didn't believe it. So I am very excited to talk to you tonight. A lot of fantasy stuff to get to. Before we get into fantasy football, tell the listeners what you do for a living, Jeff. I work for a company called Underwriters Laboratories. We're a third-party certification organization. You've probably seen the logo on stuff. It's a little U and an L and a circle. And um, we test electronics, fire extinguishers, life jackets, all kinds of stuff. I work in the area of fire protection, dealing with sprinkler systems, looking at the performance and safety of, of manufacturers products used in those systems. So you, you, you are not a hands-on guy. Okay. You are, you are quality control observing this kind of stuff. You are not actually involved in any sort of the testing that you guys do, right? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we do, I'm involved in the testing. Yeah. We do the testing. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> That's very exciting. Not ah, cool stuff. So I mean, if if a if one of these you know kind of companies doesn't pass their test, do you ever ask them for like your kickback or anything? <laughs> no way. <laughs> they don't get to use the <laughs> UL mark if they don't pass the test. <laughs> they, they they do that in the in the Middle East. That's how they pass inspections over there. So I've been told. <laughs> anyway, so okay, so we know now know Jeff's an honest person. Yep, absolutely honest. So um, what made you decide to get into high stakes fantasy football, Jeff? You know, I, uh, I I saw, you know, I had my home league going for several years, and then I saw the WCOF um, uh, information, you know, this was probably 10 years ago, and, you know, I talked with my buddy Jason Weiler, Fantasy Freak, you guys probably seen him on some of the leagues and stuff, and we decided to split a team. We thought it was our next level in our fantasy football addiction just to kind of keep it going, and we've been doing uh, high-stakes leagues since. Once they get the bug, uh, it's hard to shake, as Dave knows right now from the flu standpoint. That's hilarious. All right, Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk ah, about him. I was and just the microphone. Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but we are located in northeast Wisconsin. I don't think either one of us is a diehard Packer fan, but we are definitely Packers enthusiasts and follow him. And certainly it has been a pleasure watching Aaron Rodgers over the past decade plus. It's been a pleasure for you watching Aaron Rodgers pile up a couple of uh, pretty good fantasy games, or at least one last week. Uh, and he uh, is part of the reason you are in second place overall. Do you think knowing that you took Rodgers in, I believe, the third round, if I'm remembering correctly. Do you think high-stakes players are taking waiting on quarterback too far in drafts right now? Are they taking it uh, to a level that they shouldn't be? And, and the fact that you can get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who is an every-week um, you know, massive performer, you can get him in the third round? You know, in general, I'd say no. I, I think each year is different. And, I mean, if you look at the top teams in, in both the championship and the, and the main event right now, most of them don't have a Rodgers or a Brady. And, um, however, I think that um, high-stakes players can't underestimate those guys at some points. And so, you know, drafting him at the, at the third round is kind of the top end of where you'd, where you'd want to get him probably. That's probably a reach a little bit, and he needs to score 400 points for the season for him to be worth it there. And, you know, if uh, I, I ended up taking – he's the only – this is the only league I have Rodgers in. I've got Brady in, in quite a few. I was getting him in the fourth and fifth in a lot of leagues – and, you know, if where 
where your sacrifice is, is you're sacrificing some running back and receiver depth for your team where you can stream quarterbacks together to kind of equate what a Rodgers or Brady might do throughout their season. And, you know, the the part that I think sometimes gets underestimated is, you know, you've, you've got a starter pretty much every week. And if you make the championship bracket with either of those quarterbacks and they can string together some 30-point games with a receiver combo, um, it could do a lot of good things for you. You know, a lot of times people think streaming quarterbacks is so awesome, but all of a sudden, what if Andy Dalton was one of your streamers and some other guy who's been crappy yeah. so far this year? That happens all the time, actually. And all of a sudden, you started Dalton one week, he has a good matchup, puts up like five points or six points or whatever it is, while Rodgers is putting up a 30. I think, like, people – and this is this is not just true with quarterbacks, too. This is true with tight ends and, and to a certain degree, running backs and defenses, for sure. I think a lot of people, myself included, I'm definitely guilty of this, when I think about streaming a certain position, I tend to only think about – the upside. I tend to only right. think about the good parts of streaming, not taking into the account that like, look, there's going to be some reasons where a, or some weeks where a, I make the wrong decision uh, and, and start the wrong guy or B a guy. I, I, I was talking about this on, on the Appleton trophy fantasy football show yesterday, my bust of the week last week, Amir Abdullah, Dave oh, yeah. on the road against an extremely tough giants defense already having Theo Riddick in the backfield. What does Amir Abdullah do? Sets a career high in rushing yards. One of those things. Just yeah. can't project it. He looks really good, too. But one of the – yes, he did. One, and we, in fact, I think we have an email coming up later on in the show about it. But one of the things that, you know, you have to take into account, you can play it the right way. You can make all – it's like poker. You make all the right calls, play it hand the right way, and it just – it doesn't end up for you that way. It's just – that's one of the things. And that's the, the risk you take with streaming. Whereas you get a guy like Rodgers, put him in your lineup every week except for his bye week, and you forget about it. Yep, except for Andrew Luck, who we warned people off of this year. That's so true. any listeners here don't own him anyway. Actually, I own him, but I, but, I don't, but I don't count as a listener, right? Right. You didn't listen to us anyway. I listened to you. No, in, you did not. No, I listened to you in every league except for one, and yes. I, I um, had to take advantage. Good job picking up Ty Montgomery in the fifth round. Fantastic pick. He's currently leading all running backs in snaps, um, but even the head coach was talking about him uh, you know, getting, a, getting a little bit more rest this, this week. Are you concerned about him breaking down, do you think, in his first full season as running back, or are you just willing to let him, let him ride it out and just get as many snaps as possible? You know, if we were if we were at week six or eight and having this conversation, I might be a little more worried. But we're only at week two right now, and I think kind of the game flow, how it went down last week with Nelson getting hurt and out of the game right off the bat, that that kind of led to uh, increased work for Montgomery. I think you know, starting this week, you're going to start to see that cut back a little bit, and um, you know, hopefully up in Wisconsin there, they can kind of keep streaming him a, a steady dose of Wisconsin cheese curds and keep him healthy for the rest of the year. I got news for you, Jeff. Cheese curds, not the healthiest thing in the world. It's, 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 part, of the, it's part of the reason that Eddie Lacy is no longer a Green Bay Packer. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, you know, he, he, always, them over well, he, always, he always talked about on Twitter uh, being into Chinese food and McDonald's. Those are the two things I always remember him uh, really? tweet, yeah, tweeting the most about. Um, oh, about to eat this McDonald's. Oh, I love this Chinese food or whatever. Um, so, I, you know, the thing is. I never knew you had a, were so perceptive about the dieting habits and dining habits. Well, I, you know, it's not just me being perceptive about it. A lot of times people are, you know, retweeting him or posting, you know, links and stories with his tweets embedded. So it's, it's, it's pretty obvious, but yeah, I'm with you, Jeff. I, I, I think that uh, as long as Ty Montgomery stays healthy and I read a, a great article today and I can't remember uh, who wrote this. Um, maybe it was just a Roto world blurb. I, I could be wrong, but um, they made the point that look, he's, he's leading the NFL uh, for snaps by a running back right now, but he's only had like, I think he's averaging like 16 touches a week, which doesn't seem like 
you would think for a guy who's leading the NFL in running back snaps, you'd think like, oh, it's 20, 25 touches a game. Only 16 touches yeah, so far. True. I mean, who cares if you're just running around? I mean, big deal. Well, I mean, blitz, oh, wow, yeah. well, blitz, blitz pickups. Pick ah, they, they, they can be a little stressful uh, from time <laughs> to time. Uh, let's get back to, uh, to uh, talking about uh, your first round pick here, Jeff. Jeff Havenstreit, our uh, guest tonight, second place in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into week three. Uh, many drafters were taking, not all drafters, but many of them were taking Julio Jones over Odell Beckham back in mid-August. This was you had dra- this league you had drafted roughly I think just under a week before Beckham went down with that preseason injury. So both guys healthy at the time. Why did you make the choice to draft Beckham at the 104 over Julio Jones? Yeah, if it would have been a week later, I probably would have taken Julio for over Beckham. But you know, at, at that point, I kind of viewed it as a toss-up. They were close to even last year. I felt and. I thought, you know, the the loss of Kyle Shanahan for the Falcons could uh, damper Julio a little bit, and and the addition of Brandon Marshall to the Giants might help Odell a little bit, and so you know that I kind of weighed those things and kind of decided to go with Odell after that. Are you at all concerned, based on what we've seen from the Giants' offense so far, about? Uh, the prospects for Beckham the rest of the season. Now, this this is probably going to be his healthiest game he's had uh, all season, this this week three game against the, uh, I believe they play the Eagles this week. You look at this game, are you concerned about Beckham, what he can do the rest of the season, or was this just a, a you know, a week two is just uh, one of those games? Yeah, a little bit concerned. I think it's going to get better, though. I mean, they they also dropped a lot of balls this last week, you know, between several different receivers. And so as soon as they start moving the chains, you know, he'll get more touches. And then once he gets healthier, he'll get more touches as well. So I think it's only up from here. So what? Oh, don't worry about that? Don't okay. worry about that. There's some sort of Keep going. We're good. We're good. We're good. So, Jeff, a lot of FFPC players like to load up on tight ends in this format and you especially see it in, in many of these drafts, guys will take like three in the first four or five rounds, where some of it see it as a gimmick, uh, Ron Meyer. Um, <laughs> you wait until the ninth round to take a tight end, and then you went back-to-back with Jason Witten and uh, Julius thomas Balky, I assume, here? Yes. And is this a strategy you normally like to employ? Yeah, I, I've uh, worked it both ways. So usually I take best available if he's there. And, you know, if, if Montgomery wasn't there in the fifth round, I probably would have taken Zach Ertz and – and so, you know, Witten was the, the end of my second tier of tight ends that I liked. And so I was, I was kind of waiting once I got into that second tier and took him uh, at the end of my second tier. And so I've, I've got several leagues where I've got, you know, Gronk or Kelsey or Olsen or some of those guys earlier on as well. And, you know, if Gronk and Kelsey can continue to put up 20-point games, then they're worth it, you know, first or second round. So um, I think it just kind of depends on, on who's available at, at the spot you get them. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I'm just curious, you know, given that you have uh, several teams in, in the Football Guys Players Championship, well, more than several, but Jeff, you look at your drafting philosophy as the season goes on, as the drafting season goes on, do you feel like you are not afraid to put all your eggs in one basket and, and get the same player on the majority of your teams? Or are you kind of going out of your way to make sure that you have a, a decent amount of variance between your squads? Yeah, that's a tough one because, you know, you, you got guys you like and you and you want to take them if they're there. And I probably tend to do that more than I, I try to diversify. Um, and so I if I got guys I like, you know, I've got, you know, certain guys on probably half my teams. And so, um, that you know, you got that risk, though, where I've gotten some of those wrong this year, such as I, I've got Bile Powell on quite a few teams and he's uh, not done a whole lot so far or – 
I've got Eli on a few teams as a second quarterback, and he's not done a whole lot so far, but that hasn't hurt so much since he's been a second quarterback. But, you know, I I tend to um, kind of go with the guys I like more so, I'd say. Jeff Habenstreit is our guest tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak getting a chance to talk to the team owner in the uh, second-place spot in the Football Guys Players Championship two weeks into the season. Second and, place of a 7,200 team. Uh, yeah, yeah, essentially, That's he, a lot of he is ahead of 7,198 other teams. That's insane. That no is, matter at no matter what point in the season. That's off the charts on the percentiles. Yeah, it really is. I can't even calculate it with the juice. Last <laughs> week you added uh, a pair of receivers, Jeff, off the uh, waiver wire uh, that actually paid pretty good dividends uh, right away in week two. So who do you think puts up better numbers for the remainder of the season for your team here? Is it Alan Hearns in Jacksonville or is it J.J. Nelson in Arizona? I like J.J. Nelson more, um, especially if John Brown's out, which I think he's going to be out again this week. I think they're both a little banged up right now. Hearns has a a hurt shoulder, and I think Nelson has a hamstring issue. He hasn't practiced as fully for the last couple days. But, you know, both of them together, I I like Nelson a little more. If if Brown's out, I feel like Hearns, you know, kind of gets those garbage time points sometimes at the end of the game, and you you don't know what you're going to get out of them until the last quarter some games. If they start, you know, spreading that out, more throughout the game, then, then maybe I'd be more receptible to Hearns. But right now I'd go with Nelson. Dave, who do you like better? Just curious the rest of the season between Hearns and Nelson, if you're in our roster, one of them. I would probably look at Nelson just because I don't think John Brown's coming back. I just don't feel good about him at all. Do you know John, uh, Jerron Brown actually outsnapped J.J. Nelson last week? No, I don't. Yeah, he, he actually outsnapped him, but obviously J.J. Nelson way more efficient with his snaps than Jerron Brown was too. So that's something, something to look at. And I know you don't like John Brown in general. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I have him on one dynasty team, and I'm always thinking of ways to cut him, and I just I haven't done so yet. Oh, anyway, try and trade him for a future third or something. What do you think? I, future, third? future third? Yeah, Easy. that seems about right. Future second might be too much. Yeah, I would not give up a future second yeah. round for John Brown. So, anyway, Jeff, uh, so since you're so good at the waiver wire, who do you like? And, by the way, all the waivers are closed for FFPC, so you're not helping any of these other right. 7,198 suckers. Yep. Who do you like on the waiver wire this week? <laughs> Well, um, I, I think one guy that I picked up in several leagues was uh, Rashad Higgins, uh, Cleveland wide receiver. I thought he would be good from the PPR format. I think he got 11 targets last week, if I recall, and he had quite a few catches and yards off, off those targets. And so with Coleman being out, I liked him. Um, I picked Wright up, uh, Kendall Wright up in a couple leagues. Lockett was available in a couple leagues. And then um, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but I actually picked up Cleveland defense in a few leagues and <laughs> it's being recorded, which makes that even worse. <laughs> Just wait till you see their performance this week. And, uh, but listen, you know, to defend you, Jeff, when's the last time Cleveland's not only been a favorite, but a favorite on the road, which is what they are at Indianapolis this week in Jacoby Brissett. So that is an interesting play. I think there's – I don't think you were alone in picking up I, I the Browns defense this they're week. They're probably driving, too. They're probably just taking, like, a school bus. Yeah, just uh, heading down just, to – maybe just taking, like, their own vehicles. They might not even <laughs> yeah, be getting a bus. Hopping in the old Cutlass Supreme and, and uh, head over to Indy. That, that could be uh, what <laughs> they're, they're doing, too. We're taking Duke, Duke Johnson's Land Rovers. You yeah. Know, two, three guys get in that. Running backs are in the Land Rover, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Linemen are taking. A, uh, a stretch uh, um, excursion. A bachelor party bus. Yeah, bachelor party bus. That's All how right. it works. Hey, you brought up a good point, Dave, uh, about uh, when we were talking about Higgins this week, yeah. about who actually you, you thought had an outside chance of being the Browns wide receiver number one the rest of the way. Well, yeah, I brought up Ricardo Lewis as a guy that most people wouldn't think about, that he's like the more prototypical wide receiver, and he's super cheap. 
that most people aren't thinking about, you know, I think he's like 6'2", 212, but you can probably get him for five bucks in most leagues out of a $1,000 fab. Right. So if you had the extra roster spot, I just thought that was worth a, worth a shot. If you had a guy that's just totally not worth anything, um, I would have picked him up. You know what ticked me off uh, this week in, in uh, our Blake Harrington Dynasty League? Um, I lost Greg Olson. And which, by the way, I just got my... my uh, Is that how you say it now? What? I lost Greg Olson. I lost Greg Olson. <laughs> I, I got my injury report um, tonight for Blake Harrington, yeah. and it's three guys on it, all on IR. <laughs> so I don't know if I was happy that I don't have anybody questionable or doubtful or yeah. depressed. I already have three guys on IR week That's three in the season. Anyway, the point uh, being is I had got a couple of tight end uh, trade offers this week. Yeah. And I was engaged with one of the guys um, in, in uh, doing a trade, and ultimately I, we didn't do it. But he pointed out to me on, like, Tuesday that I had an open roster spot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, I, didn't, and, I, and yeah. I forgot about it again. Waivers went off, and I totally – so now i got this open Wait, roster spot there, that just – There's Saturday waivers. Though. I know, but it's Saturday. Like, I have to wait that long to fill my roster. I hate having these empty roster spots. It's, it's totally annoying. That just reminded me that I have Gronk and Eifert, so I might have to pick up a tight end. You might have. I, you know, so let me do this show. I can fix my dynasty teams. But the show is all for you, Dave. Yeah. And well, it's Jeff's, all, Jeff's still here, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I know. I, I want to talk to Jeff about the, uh, the Football Guys Players Championship draft schedule he put together because, Jeff, you drafted obviously more – alluded to it earlier you drafted more than a handful of teams this year but none after august 29th uh when the three preseason game uh preseason games for all the nfl teams were complete what was it about those later drafts you know august 30th on that made you to want to get in uh with all your football guys drafts prior to the 30th of august yeah here's the deal i i feel that you can build some different teams at different points throughout the month of august and, you know i love drafting i'd draft every day if i could you know but i had to spread it out a little bit throughout august but you know the the teams you can build in the beginning of august aren't the same as the teams you can build in the middle or end of august and then i had two main event teams in september and so i i did all those other drafts in august um throughout the preseason and you know, I don't think the team that is in second place right now I could have built in September because guys started creeping up um, as far as draft positions, et cetera. I always say this every year on the show, Dave, that if you want to get value, just, you know, we open it up, what, June 4th or June 3rd or whatever, you want to get value, draft early, you know, as early as you can because there's – think about these Kareem Hunt guys that are just laughing all the way to the bank that got them in like the ninth or 10th round sure, back sure. in June, you know, and it's fine if you want to, you know, cause people are always worried about the injuries. Th- that's the thing, but that's all random. Okay. That is random. But, but a lot of the content sites, and I know like I'm totally biased, like, Hey, draft early, a draft often football guys, players, championship, my <laughs> You know, I obviously it, it, I'm biased, but I'll say this. There's a lot of content sites out there that will say, wait as long as possible to draft your team. This is why we always say it, you know, wait as long as possible. Terrible advice. That's fine if you want to wait that long and, and draft right at the end. But Jeff is, is sitting here in second place for a team that he could not have built, as, as, as he stated, a team he could not have built in the last week before the NFL season starts, in the last two weeks uh, before the NFL season starts, after the third preseason game. He could not have put this team together. So if you want to build a dominant team, your best bet to do it is as early as possible. I'm, I'm off my soapbox. That was a very good speech. I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. You do you agree? <laughs> yeah, I do for the most part. Okay, what about right. you, Jeff? So Jeff obviously agrees. So, all right. We're done with that. Um, Jeff, Tariq Cohen, you drafted him as a handcuff to the illustrious Jordan Howard, who was a non-pedigreed back that was getting taken in the second round by everybody. If you did this. At what point do you start – oh, if you did this. Right, sorry. yeah. Um, if you picked Cohen as a handcuff to Howard, at what point do you start consider starting him over Howard, given what we've seen so far from both of them? And actually, I personally 
think that you're already at that point, but I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> Just, well, if you look at the rankings. Yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, okay. what, what's your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I 100% agree. I mean, especially in PPR leagues because he's going to, you know, get some targets and, you know, maybe five catches a week at least and, you know, throw in those receiving yards and he's going to get some rushing attempts as well. I, I think that value's there more than Howard right now. Howard's banged up a little bit too and who knows how many snaps he's going to get this week. So I, I think you're already there in PPR leagues. It's interesting because you think about, and I brought this up on, on the show last night, I said Tariq Cohen was a guy – for the majority of people, he was like an 18th, 19th, 20th round pick. A lot of people picked him up off waivers as well. And you take, you're taking Jordan Howard. If you wanted Jordan Howard on your team, you had to take him in the first round or the second round. I think I saw him go in the third round once. Either way, he's a top first, second, third round pick. We're going into week three, and the three of us are already unanimously deciding that we are starting Cohen over Howard, and it's not like Howard is out. It's not like he... Uh, is going to be inactive. You know, this, it's, it's insane to me to think this way, but this is the way that you have to think. It might be a little bit incorrect, though. You know, there's always a chance. I don't know wrong. if it is. Yeah, there's a chance we're wrong. We, if he could have a 25-point week this week. Howard he, he could. But if you would have started Howard over Cohen either week one or week two, that was the wrong decision. Well, he did get hurt last week, right? He scored .7 fantasy points. Now, I don't – yeah, I mean, I, he, he was kind of playing hurt, too, because I remember going into that, yeah. uh, into that game that John Fox was saying, like, well, you know, he's – He's got a bit of a shoulder issue right now. And I just wrote it off as, that's just John Fox being John Fox. Because he's right. always doing stupid stuff like that with, with the injury report. So, that's true. Yeah, totally. Um, let's get back to, uh, to Jeff here and, and talk to you uh, about the, uh, what's going on in Cincinnati right now. Because we have uh, a new offensive coordinator, uh, a pass-happy offensive coordinator, what we'd like to think as a more offensively advanced uh, offensive coordinator and Bill Lazor taking over. What do you make of the running backs that he is going to have at his disposal here from week three going forward? You have Joe Mixon, who we all thought was going to be the guy. Well, I shouldn't say we all, but a lot of people thought he was going to be the guy to own oh, in this backfield. Be. You have Jeremy Hill, who is uh, still starting. And then Giovanni Bernard, honestly, who's been the most, uh, most productive of the three backs so far. Can you count on any of these guys in your starting lineup right now? I wouldn't let yet unless you absolutely have to. I mean, I've got Gio in a couple of leagues and Joe Mixon in one, and um, they're they're out of my lineup unless I'm desperate here. And um, I just given that you don't know who's going to be the the go-to guy yet, and it's it's just a tough situation. Dave, you uh, you're still all in on Mixon this year. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm not all in. I'm not starting. Between those three, yeah, I I still think he's eventually that he's still being the most productive back. It's, it's just not there's not going with one player. They're all, they're all mediocre. The team is doing poorly. Yeah, they bad offensive make, line. They have, to be, they have to make some sort of change. And what is the change you're going to make? You're going to go with the same stupid three-headed monster that's getting you nowhere? No, you shouldn't do that. Give the ball to Mixon. You're on the road at Green Bay, right? Get right. nine yep. points. It's a tough game. But I, I think actually, I think since he's going to have a, I think they're going to play pretty well. I think they're going to play Green Bay close. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'll say this too. Well, let me ask you this. I'll ask you guys both this. Dave, I'll let you answer it first. Is there any similarity in this Cincinnati Bengals uh, offensive coordinator change? Is there any similarity to what we're seeing here, to what we saw with the Los Angeles Rams at Todd Gurley, with Sean McVay taking over and seemingly unlocking Gurley's potential that we saw in uh, 2015 that we didn't see at all last season? Now we have the young offensive mind there. Todd Gurley obviously blows up on Thursday night, looked good in, uh, in the first two weeks as well. Is there something similar here that we could see with Joe Mixon 
with this new offensive coordinator taking things over, hopefully a more advanced offensive mind. Dave, your thoughts on Mixon potentially being this the key that unlocks his uh, greatness? I mean, there's going to be a change for sure. I just don't. I think that to equate it to Gurley, because Gurley had an entire season to recover from stupid Fisher. You know, so it's just like, I mean, what's worse, Jeff Fisher coaching you or tearing your ACL? Oh man, what, what's the longer rehab time? The worst. So like, you know, I think that that was a, he had a whole season to get to this to get to the season. So I think with Mixon, it's only one week. So I don't think it'll be as impactful, but it, it can't hurt, man. It can't yeah. hurt. Jeff, what about what about you? Do you think do you think Mixon? I mean, obviously Mixon can't be really any worse than he is than he was under Zampezi, but as Bill Lazor takes over, what kind of uh, numbers can you expect from Mixon going forward? You know, I just I sure hope they go up because it's painful watching them games right now. And, you know, the, the Thursday night game this week for, for the Rams and San Fran, it actually turned out to be a pretty fun game to watch. So hopefully hopefully uh, Bengals can do something more like that because it's not very enjoyable watching them games right now. <laughs> Got that right. So I guess we're going to ask you a personal question. Yes. What do you usually do for watching NFL games on Sunday, and who are you usually watching games with? Oh, man. we got a good crew that uh, gets together at uh, our friend's house, Mark, and his wife, Tony. And uh, she built the ultimate garage bar. And, you know, we've got three screens, direct TV, Sunday ticket. She even brews her own beer. And so my wife and kids go oh my over God. there with me. We got several families that get together over there. And just about every Sunday we hang out over there and watch football. Do, awesome. do you guys, do you guys uh, watch the Sunday night game there too? And just make it, you know, like 12 hours yeah. of football. Yeah. 12 <laughs> hours of football. If my kids did not have school the next day, we probably would, but we usually get home for that game. <laughs> Yeah, tuck in. What's the, uh, I'm curious what the schedule is going to be like if, if this is sort of like your normal uh, Sunday. What, what about the London game this week that, that's going to be uh, streamed on Yahoo? Are you guys getting over there early this week and, and, and making a go of it? Because obviously if you, if you do do that, there might be some late injury or, or late lineup changes you might want to make on your fantasy rosters uh, since that one game is, is going to get in the way of that in the morning. Yeah, I, I call it bonus football, right? Some, sometimes we'll go over there early and, and watch over there, you know, for breakfast and coffee. But uh, this week we're going to watch the first game here. But, uh, yeah, I love waking up to football at 830 in the morning on a, on a Sunday. It's great. I do, too. My wife does not like me waking up to, <laughs> to football. Just to be clear, this isn't only broadcast on stupid Yahoo, is it? I believe it is. You're yeah. serious, so it's not going to be on NFL Network? Or no, I mean, they're, they're going to be talking about it, but I think that you have to, to watch it uh, on Yahoo. Yahoo. You can hook your HDMI cable up from, from like a computer to, you know, your, um, your TV if you wanted to do that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll do that. Yeah, I'll be in church, so I won't be able to watch. Ah, actually, it's perfect. I can watch it right <laughs> on my phone in church. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, put it on mute. Ah, oh, this is perfect. Excellent. Uh, Jeff, welcome to heaven. Yes, so. exactly. Jeff, uh, Jeff Havenstreit is our guest uh, tonight. He is sitting in second place currently in the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship as we push forward through week three. And uh, Jeff, one of, this is more of like a, a Rotoviz high stakes lowdown question uh, that I like to ask guests, but I'm going to ask you. Um, lineup decisions are so crucial uh, week in and week out. In fact, it's really come down in these national contests to two things. You, uh, you have to place the correct bids, pick up the correct players, and then uh, put the correct players in your lineup. That's it. I mean, there's no trading. There's no drafting anymore until the end of the season. So you look at starting lineups. What's the biggest mistake maybe people are going to make this week or high-stakes players continue to make in general that you see? So are you talking about a particular player or? Yeah, we could do a particular player. Okay. Yeah, somebody that um... – I might think about not starting this week is um, 
Hopkins. I mean, he, it's kind of crazy that we'd say that because he's leading the league in targets, and but he's playing in New England, and you know, I don't know, I don't think he'll get over 100 yards receiving, and if he doesn't get a touchdown, he wasn't worth the start most likely, and so I, I think um, that is a player that I, if I had a, a, a mid-level second option, I might start him over Hopkins, but I mean, that depends on who you have. A couple of things to keep in mind about Hopkins here. Dave, you and I talk about this every week. What does Bill Belichick do? He takes away your best weapon. Who do you think the best weapon on Houston is? Lamar Miller, Deontay Foreman, DeAndre Hopkins. It's Hopkins. So it, clearly he is going to be fighting an uphill battle uh, against that Patriots defense. And not only that, Bill Belichick gets the luxury of facing a rookie quarterback making his second ever start. Those are two big red flags. If you have Hopkins, I'm with you, Jeff. If you have another option, if there's anybody – uh, in maybe a potential. <laughs> if, no, you think about you think about. Get the new. You think about yeah. Well, there's hey, listen. There's might actually, said, he might that's the total. That what's the total on that game? Like 52 or something like that. It's super high. So my point is, like you look at let's let's look at Mohamed Sanu here for a second when you talk about uh, what he's going to be going up against uh, in uh, against Detroit. You have. Um, I'm assuming uh, Darius Slay is going to be on Julio Jones. So you have Mohamed Sanu matching up on the number two corner. That game has a total of 50 and a half. Here's a guy I want to bring up if you had the decision to start between DeAndre Hopkins and the highest total game of the week, Oakland and Washington on Sunday night football, 54 and a half points in that game. A guy who's been struggling uh, that you may have actually benched last week, Jameson Crowder. I like, I would rather play Jamison Crowder over DeAndre Hopkins this week, and maybe that doesn't even sound that crazy, but I'd rather play him in a game where he's not going to be facing Bill Belichick, where he's not going to be facing a defense that's scheming to stop him. Uh, he's just going to be another guy out there running his routes, maybe getting like eight for 90. Maybe he gets a touchdown, but I expect 15 points from Crowder this week. I think Hopkins will still get this. You'd rather have Hopkins? I think so. How strongly do you feel about it? All right, I got five on Jamison Crowder outscoring DeAndre Hopkins this week. <laughs> I got five on Hopkins. I'm I'll take Crowder. And he's taking Crowder. Yeah, you like Crowder. Okay, perfect. Well, I like this. Uh, I think more upside with uh, Crowder. Dave, yeah, totally. A, a total of 54 and a half. That, by the way, once Vegas hears this show tonight, that total is easily going to move to 60. No uh, question. By the way, I just took a quick look at one of the leading pace light rankings, uh-huh. and they had Hopkins scoring 13 PPR points and Crowder projected for 12.9. So oh, it's pretty tight. Yeah, it is they tight. Got, they got the little Close. sleeper tag on Crowder. Though. That's right. <laughs> and don't sleep on him, baby. That's so funny. You sleep on him, you'd be sleeping on your fantasy team this week. We don't want to sleep on Jeff here, and he has uh, been very gracious with his time. Do we have one more question? Yes, here our big him? one. It's uh, We always ask someone to give us a stud that you would actually consider benching this week and a sleeper player that just might find his way into your lineups. Well, I guess the, the stud I, I'd consider benching would be Hopkins I, I, I you know, for all the reasons we just said. I guess the sleeper, I'm going to say it again, Cleveland D. Cleveland defense. Balky, I think we got a winner with the Cleveland defense. I might have to look at picking – maybe that's who I'll blow my, um, my extra Carrington roster spot on tomorrow is picking up that Browns defense <laughs> and, and playing them. Although my other option is, is pretty good in, in playing Denver against uh, Tyrod Taylor. So, I'm, I, I don't know. It, these are all decisions I can make and, and think about tomorrow. Uh, Jeff, listen, what a pleasure it has been uh, having you on the show tonight. I know you are, are kind of being reserved and tempering expectations right away, but it's not an accident that you are in second place right now, my friend. You have a great shot of continued greatness the rest of the season. I wish you nothing but the best, uh, not only in this league and all your leagues. Thanks so much for doing the show tonight. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Thanks.
Jeff Habenstreit, second place in the F, uh, FPC uh, going into week three. Great guy, great interview, great knowledge, great uh, sleeper stuff. Browns defense, baby. Jason Kahn's whooping it up right now, I know, listening to that. He's like, I'm totally with you, man. Browns V. Yep. You were going to say something? No, you just said uh, a lot of greats. Well, it was a lot of greats. <laughs> it was. This is a great show. I feel like uh, Alec Baldwin, he does the Tony Bennett impression on Saturday Night Live. Oh, we got a great show for you with a lot of great people, great analysis, and great fantasy talk. It's a lot of great things coming uh, up tonight. All right, moving on. No one uh, watches that show except you. Whatever. That's, you know, Saturday Night Live killed it at the Emmys this year, so don't tell me that nobody watches it. No one watches the Emmys. Well, that, now that, is, that might be true. They, they had poor ratings again this year. And I love those shows. I don't watch the Emmys at all Did this year. Did you have, year. like, an uh, Emmys party? No. I, in fact, I used to – the Emmys were, like, the, the one that I always kind of ignored over the years. I love my award shows. Uh, I would I – would, I like, the Oscars is the only one I continue to watch uh, every single year. The Grammys I've kind of gotten so-so on uh, a little bit. And then the and SAG then, Awards, too. Well, then don't forget the, the best award show of all. Oh, and Golden Globes. The ESPYs. Okay. I, I don't think I've ever watched those. <laughs> like, no, I'm like, I know this is like a sports football show or whatever. I, I can't sit through that. It's so brutal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's not great. It's like the, they, they're like, okay, what's the worst week of sports of the year? Let's put the ESPYs there. And and, which is it, the one that they do it that is the slowest time of the year. And I'll tell you the other thing, award shows. I don't like to talk political too much, um, but when the entire award show, and this is not, this was true even before Trump was Do they have a Trump president. effigy on the Emmys, or do they have? I, I, don't, want, I, I don't watch the Emmys. Okay. Um, but when when it's like three and a half hours, and everybody's talking about every single time, it's like we're here to celebrate film. Right, we're here exactly. to celebrate the craft of acting, yeah. cinematography, leave, leave your directing. Stuff on Twitter, right? Yeah, and I know they're like, well, you know, we you know we have a responsibility with with this voice you know with this audience we have a responsibility blah 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 blah. I, like i get it but I, I think when everybody's saying it the message is lost a little bit well it's also kind of your preaching to the choir because it's like the you know coastal people talking to other coastal people right exactly it's fine us in the midwest i'm not you know not saying about midwest, us it's just not not, not the case necessarily right. whatever. i get it no your point is uh made and well taken Let's uh, make some other points uh, tonight, and hopefully they are well taken by our audience. Roto World and Rob, hey, thanks a lot, guys, for tonight's rundown. Jordan Reed, questionable against the Oakland Raiders, according to John Kime on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Weird that Jordan Reed would be uh, on the injury report. Exactly. With, not, uh, not only did you see, How could you have predicted that? Did you see what he's on the injury report for? Holy crap. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a, a chest injury. Oh, wait, 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 chest and shoulder. Chest and shoulder. Wait, 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 hold on. Chest, shoulder, and toe injury for Jordan Reed. Oh Jay Gruden this week said that um, on Wednesday, he said, you know, Reed is not healthy right now. Then yesterday he said, well, you know, he's coming along. He's getting healthier, you know. And uh, today he, um, I believe he practiced, uh, two limited practice. So did not practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, limited on Friday. Uh, so he's got a lot of stuff going on right now. The reason, the biggest thing, why I bring this up, Dave, Sunday night football. You have to wait to play him. Now, if you're going to play him, the reward could be huge. If he makes it through that entire game, a, to- a game total of 54 and a half under the lights of, of prime time, you know, you have a lot of stuff going for you. However, if he's inactive, it would just kill you. So you look at the options that... That's supposed to be why you made that bet. You think he's going to be inactive. No, 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 I, I, nothing like that. Um, potential guys that you could have on your roster... Um, in addition to Jordan Reed, I'm curious if, if you would play them. Because obviously, if you have a guy like Jared Cook, perfect. Then you just wait. 
You know what I mean? Right. Um, the Monday night game this week is... Um, it's Witten against a team that never uses tight ends. Yeah, so if you, if you have Witten, I mean, you're probably playing him anyway, um, given how he's been crushing it this year. But other guys you will not have uh, that option for uh, right now. Uh, so Jerry Cook, we already talked about. Who would you play between Jordan Reed and Charles Clay? I'm not going to play. If I owned Reed, which I do not, I would not be starting Reed at all. I do not trust okay. him to play. All I would right. bench him all over the place. I would... So it's not even really a would you ratherable thing. There are some good options out there for picking up players. You could have picked up Ben Watson. He was out there yeah. in this league. Zach Miller. Zach Miller was out there for Chicago. He's been getting targets. I think he had nine last week actually for six for forty two. He had for, yeah, for catches. And then even Ed Dixon replacing uh, replacing old Greg Olson yes. was not a bad option. So you would play Dixon over Reed this week? Yes, I would. Yeah. Why not? He's not going to yeah. play. I'm not no. calling you out on this. I'm just no, it's, like it's, confirming. It's, it's frustrating to talk about Reed because you shouldn't have him on your team. That should be the people that aren't that aren't good at fantasy yeah. that have him. Um, 88%. A sports injury predictor had an 88% chance of him getting injured during, you know, being injured through, through the season. Yeah. Per game, they have they haven't predicted a 12 and a half percent chance of getting hurt every game. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Is he number one on that list? He's the top tight end for probability of getting end. injured. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, you know what? And this is probably not true and, of any high stakes league. Sorry to interrupt you. Go and ahead. he was hurt going into the season. Right. That's true. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, this is probably not true in any high stakes leagues. Um, but you know what? The perfect guy to have in this situation would be even more perfect than Jared Cook, Vernon Davis, Dave. Oh, yeah. Because Vernon Davis, in leagues last year, uh, when Reed missed, Vernon Davis actually looked pretty good. Uh, so that is uh, the, Reed, the, Reed, uh, the Reed report this week. Dave Gerzak says, bench him whenever you can. Uh, Case Keenum, speaking of benching, will be the Vikings starter against Tampa this week. Sam Bradford out once again. Finished as the quarterback 31 in fantasy last week against the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. Kevin Hogan came into the game, Dave, uh, last week for the Browns. And uh, despite not starting, he actually outscored Case Keenum last week. Uh, Hogan in the game for fewer than 20 snaps. That was enough to finish ahead of Case Keenum for fantasy. Fire up that Bucks defense against Case Keenum. Now, here's the other problem. What are you doing with guys like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs? We saw what they did with Bradford week one. They looked fantastic. They looked awesome. We're like, how did we let these guys slip in drafts? They're crushing it. They both look like wide receiver ones. True. And then Case Keenum came by in week two and says, hey, guys, hold everything. <laughs> and he, and he looked terrible. So are you bench? I mean, it kind of depends who you have. But I think you have to seriously look at maybe benching Diggs and Thielen this week uh, if you have better options. I would look for any possibility I could to bench them because – you know, the wide receivers rely on the quarterbacks, and if the quarterback play is that poor, I don't see him getting better this next week. It's just not – you know, the, Bron- the Buccaneers' defense is a good defense. Yeah. I, li- I like that. That team is like a real big sleeper team for me. I think they're going to be really good, and they're gonna, you know, they're going to do really well against the Vikings. Well, they were, they were hotly drafted uh, this year. Uh, you'd rather play Deshaun Jackson over both of those guys, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about uh, Marquise Lee? Uh, you know, I wouldn't be all that excited about it, but uh, – I, you know, I have to think about it. I'm not, you know, I'm not totally sure. Yet. What about a team playing at home? Would you? Okay, I'm not going to tell you the guy's name. Um, yet, I will reveal his name eventually. What about a team playing at home that's a significant underdog uh, that is going to be passing quite a bit, probably to play catch up? Would you like the number one receiver on their team <laughs> over Thielen and Diggs? Maybe depends on who it is. Jermaine Curse, New York Jets. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, he's, he's been really productive, actually. I'm actually starting him in a league this week. <laughs> the thing is, he's, he's probably like got an 80% chance to go like 6 for 60 and probably a 15% chance to score because they're not going to score hard. They're hardly ever score. I'm having a tough time disagreeing with those percentages. That, that's, <laughs> that seems about right. Yeah, it's, um, but yeah, he's playing, I'm playing well. Well, okay, so here's the thing. It, it, we're not going to break this down for, for everybody. We're not going to say, hey, uh, give us your <laughs> roster. But you know who you have 
if it's a semi-decent, like a, a palatable uh, guy that you could stick in there, I would stick him in over both Diggs and Thielen uh, instead of Keenum. And, and start that Bucks D, baby. Terry McCormick on Twitter reports DeMarco Murray is officially questionable against the Seattle Seahawks. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday this week. However, he did return to a practice today in a limited fashion. He was seen catching passes, running routes. But Derrick Henry looked very, very good last week as he set a career high in rushing yardage. Uh, Mike Malarkey hasn't said who's going to start, but he did say Henry is going to have a good workload. This is a late game, Dave. I don't like Murray this week. No, I would not play him. Even if he's active. I mean, no, I think he plays, all. and yeah. I still wouldn't even play him. Henry's an elite RB1 if he, if he has the job by himself. So why? There's no reason at all to risk DeMarco Murray. And, I, he, and he's trustworthy. Henry's very trustworthy. He's a good goal linebacker. I mean, no reason at all for Murray to play. I don't, I don't think necessarily the, the story here or what we're trying to tell people is what to do with Murray. I think most people know to bench him. I think the interesting thing here, and this is what I said in the show last night, Derrick Henry might not even be that great of a start against the Seattle defense, even if he is the guy. Do you know what I mean? I kind of think I think he will be. I mean, it's, Seattle rush defense is not all that great. Okay. And Tennessee is primarily a run-based team. Yes, and they have been this season. We remember we thought like, oh, Corey Davis, Eric Decker, Delaney Walker, they're going to fire it up this year. They really haven't. Like Marcus Mariota has been struggling to get on the same page with them. It has been the Derrick Henry show. And their defense is reasonably decent, so I think I think they're going to play them close. It's a home game for them. That that is true. That's a good point. Okay, so maybe I, I'm uh, I'm actually struggling to put Henry into a lineup because I have um, Ty Montgomery, uh, McCaffrey, and Buck Allen as my. And that, I would and play that, all that, three of those guys over Henry. And that's the thing is it's, it's PPR, but man, it's tough because I really I think Henry could have a really strong week. I was going to bring this up when we were talking to uh, Jeff before. I actually have Jordan Howard in the league. I'm starting three running backs, and he's not one of the three yeah, running backs. Well, Isn't that insane? Well, it's good you have good depth. Good job. Yeah, good depth but uh, crappy judge of talent. Yeah, you're fine. Well, we'll see. You a good judge of talent later. Well, we'll see. Terrence West, questionable for uh, the Jaguars game in jolly old London on Sunday morning, according to the Ravens' official Twitter account. Uh, he has a thigh injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He did practice in full today. Uh, you would think he's going to be good to go, but Buck Allen has 40 touches uh, in the first two games. Uh, Terrence West, only 29. Obviously, Buck Allen, the more juicy touches with all them catches that he's getting. Uh, Terrence West does have two touchdowns to uh, Buck Allen's one. I'd rather play the guy with the touches. I'm not, I didn't draft Terrence West anywhere this year, and I'm not all that excited about playing him against the Jags defense in, in a Sunday game that historically that, that London game has not been a very high-scoring affair. Yeah, that's funny. I would have actually said that about last night's game, and then it ends up being forty-one thirty-nine. You know what I mean? That was crazy. One of right? those things you just never know. You just you just don't you know, play it. Play it the right way, and it doesn't always turn out the way you want. I don't think the Ravens' defense is going to play like either of the defenses last night. They are. I agree. Really strong. They team. look very good. They are very good. Um, yeah, I don't want. I wouldn't have nothing to do with Terrence West. Allen's the guy to play, and I think he's never a real good game. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I hope you're right because I do have him on a lot of Kentucky teams. Speaking of Kentucky teams, one of my I can't remember which one it is. There's the Ravens' defense and the Seattle defense. Oh, that's nice. I've never had like good defenses in that league, and <laughs> obviously defense like we're like a oh, bulky. It's defense. Who cares? Play in Kentucky, and then you'll understand the importance of defense. Yeah, in that if league. you get a shutout, generally you're gonna get about a thirty or thirty-five. Or yeah, whatever. it's you know insane. I mean? And and if they give up like forty points, like the the uh, Niners defense did last night, oh, yeah. you're looking negative at a negative. Oh yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot about the negatives. Yeah. And then what happens rough. if you if you um you start one on a buy? You get a negative negative fifteen. <laughs> Which is cra- which is weird because that happened to a lot of people this year with the cancellation of that Bucks game in Week One, the Bucks Dolphins game, because a lot of people only drafted. As right. we were saying, the but Bucks he, he didn't give any. He didn't give the negative points for that because of, uh, <laughs> of the hurricane. I should have actually petitioned him that he should. You definitely could have done that. You are the Dizzle, so he definitely would have listened. <laughs> I'm sure I would not have. Been. 
Pete Carroll, Jimmy Graham, game time decision against the uh, Tennessee football Titans, according to Brady Henderson on Twitter. Graham uh, did practice today, practiced in full today, Dave. Uh, He did not practice at all on Wednesday or Thursday. The quote from Pete Carroll, who, by the way, if you you ever read um, the Roto World blurbs on any Seahawks injured players or any struggling Seahawks players, uh, they're just fantastic with, with how they make fun of Pete Carroll's positivity. Um, <laughs> really? The last one was something like Pete Carroll, who apparently owns a factory full of rose-colored glass lenses. Oh, that's stuff. Oh, it's, 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 I guess you can't say anything bad about anybody. Like so Pete positive. Carroll. I do, too. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Pete Carroll, he really feels like he can do it, so we'll see. Um, this is a late game. Uh, Luke Wilson and Nick Vanette uh, would obviously be the tight ends if Graham is not able to play. Do not pick either of those guys up. It is not worth it. Of course, I say that Luke Wilson will probably go off for like, you know, five for 50 and two touchdowns. Um, Jimmy Graham, I had him benched earlier um, for guys like Austin Hooper, Julius Thomas, you know, not great options. Now I'm kind of waffling a little bit. I'm not sure what I want to do. What would you do in my shoes? Let's use Austin, those two examples. Austin Hooper's not a bad choice. I mean, he's actually doing pretty well. I mean, Graham's not doing well in general. Uh, the season yet. Right. I, I think Graham's going to play. I'd say there's like 80% chance he plays, actually. Okay. And who was the other tight end? Uh, Julius Thomas. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to pick Thomas beforehand. Both of them I have to pick beforehand. Uh, just, just to let, let everybody know, Seattle is at Tennessee. Uh, Austin Hooper is at Detroit. And then uh, Julius Thomas uh, is, of course, at the Jets this week. So maybe a higher than normal percentage chance of Julius Thomas getting in the end zone. Right. Um, I, you know, I would maybe listen if there was a Roto World or some sort of update, news update that came out that said yeah. that Graham is 100% or likely, super likely to play, then I would play Graham. But otherwise, I'd have to look longer at Julius Thomas. I think, though, that the, the news reports to me, and we got a full practice in today, and he's mm-hmm. a veteran player, so he really doesn't need to practice Wednesday right. and Thursday. If he gets a full practice on Friday, he's playing. I'm pretty confident. Okay. It's not a, you know, this is a game they still need to win. I mean, in Tennessee, they're a tough team like we were talking about. Right. I, I will say this. I think what I'm going to do as of right now, and you know my options, and, and you probably, if you have Jimmy Graham, you probably have similar options to Hooper and Thomas. What I'm going to do right now is leave Graham on my bench. If I get any kind of, like, you know, solid word on Sunday, like he is a go, not Pete Carroll saying he's a go, because I mean, we, we played that um, game last year. Pete Carroll said, oh, he's ready to go. He's ready to go. He can't wait to get out there. Oh, he's inactive. You know, I don't want to do that. You know, I need some, like, beat writer, somebody other than Pete Carroll confirming that he is going to play. If I don't get that, I don't have a problem benching him this week, given how much he struggled this year. And, you know, Austin Hooper's been okay, but he hasn't had that many touches. Julius Thomas, obviously, is, is not an awesome uh, uh, guy to play this week, but I know that they're going to play. So that, that's how I would roll with, uh, with Jimmy Graham this week. Take it for what it's worth. Tyler Eifert ruled out for week three against Packers. Uh, Eifert struggling this season. Uh, by no means a must-hold uh, at this point, according to Roto World. I have him in a couple uh, of leagues this week, Dave. Obviously an easy bench. Um, picked up um, Zach Miller in a couple leagues to play for him. Fire up A.J. Green, man. I mean, obviously you're starting him uh, no matter what, but he could be in for a big week with the lack of other targets that Andy Dalton's going to have on Sunday. I mean, Eifert is officially on my – he's on my death list, man. He sucks. I cannot stand Tyler Eifert. He's as much of a wuss because as he's always read. He's hey, always hurt. He should just get out of the NFL. The NFL is for people who don't have like soft tissue injuries every single freaking week. Get out. You suck. 
What? Uh, I cannot you, stand him. Yeah, do you, you've never owned him, to my knowledge. I have him in a, like one or two, one, two dynasties. Oh, okay. So annoying. Do you still have that uh, sports injury predictor up? I'm just uh, curious yeah. where Eifert was on that list, because we know Jordan Reed was the number one tight end. Where was Eifert? Uh, he's at 58.1%. He was about number seven or eight. Seven or eight. That seems so low. Like, Should have been higher. Well, I mean, you can't nitpick on them for, for saying that there's a 58% chance. Yeah, that's true. Hurt. That's pretty high. Although, they, you know, they have Delaney Walker at 77.7, which I thought that seemed a little high. Yeah. I mean, he's, he seems like he's always out there. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Gronk, had, Gronk is in the 60s, and then Ebron was up there as well. Uh, let's get into uh, fantasy feedback, ladies and gentlemen. Your emails and tweets. Rob, don't play it. We're going to try By the way, uh, Greg Wilson, 29%. Whoops. Oh, yeah, well, they're not all winners, kid. <laughs> um, we're going to try to get out of here a little bit earlier tonight, given uh, Mr. Gerzak uh, toughing it out. Uh, Troy and Boston Mass. If Rex Burkhead doesn't play this week, would you guys be tempted to play Dion Lewis? My other options are Jeremy Hill and LeGarrette Blount. Yes, I know how bad my team is. That is Troy in Boston, Massachusetts. Rex Burkhead, Dave, does not sound like he is going to play this week. Did not practice on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. I didn't see the practice report today, but I, I feel like I saw something on Twitter that he did not practice. So do you fire up Dion Lewis over Blunt and, and Jeremy Hill? I mean, obviously, uh, Dion Lewis is the better pass catcher out of those three. Uh, the uh, Hill and Blunt, you'd imagine, would get more touches, but they're not going to be high-quality touches. Your thoughts on playing Lewis over those two guys? So James White's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get a bunch. And who else is going to the, the other running back they have? I'm missing his name right now. Uh, uh, Mike Gillisley. Yeah, Gillisley. So, yeah. I mean, so – you want to start the guy who's third in the pecking order at, in the New England rush? Get rush well, remember, the guy who was third in the pecking order got in the end zone last week, too. Well, you know, that happens, I guess. But, yeah, unfortunately, their options aren't all that great. It's, right. Um, We're literally helping this guy on this guy. Like, nobody I else is facing this, this conundrum this week. So it's Blunt, and who was the other one? Uh, Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I cannot start Jeremy Hill. I would definitely start the Lewis over him. Okay. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Blunt. I think I'm playing Blunt over Lewis, but I could easily see regretting that if, if Lewis goes all Dion Lewis on us, you know, from 2015. Yeah, I mean, that's like a stretching hand. There's, I'll put it this way. Blunt has a better, much better shot at a goal line touchdown, and they are playing uh, Houston. Uh, they're not playing Houston. They're playing the Giants' defense that looked pretty bad last week. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. I'd be playing Blunt. Hello, Balky and Dave. I'm thinking about shopping Ajayi around my 12-team PPR league after reading about his knee issue. What would you take for him, and would you advise picking up Damian Williams now rather than later? Thanks. That is Paul in Tampa, Florida. Uh, okay, so answer the second part question first. I think anytime you have a starting running back dealing with any kind of like knee or ankle injury, I would be yes, I would definitely be looking at picking up his backup. Uh, before the injury becomes much more serious, before everybody else is in on him, and it's going to cost you, you know, several hundred dollars off the waiver wire to pick him up. Whereas right now, for Damian Williams, you probably get him for like ten or fifteen bucks. Uh, if he's still available in your league, maybe even cheaper than that on waivers tonight. Uh, you got him. I, I don't even know. Uh, but JHI's knee injury is a little bit concerning. Uh, Adam Gase says that he is going to be out there on Sunday. But remember, this is a guy that fell in the draft to the fifth round because of these knee issues. So I think there is something there. And, yes, I would be uh, looking at acquiring Damian Williams on the cheap right now just to see what happens. That's not a bad idea, actually, but I, I don't think – I'm not that worried about Jolly. I think he'll be all right. Okay. <clears throat> hey, guys, I am having a Randall Cabundrum, Cabund, Cabund, Cabundrums this week. Is he Calabunga. It's uh, very clunky. He's, is he worth waiting to see if he plays in the four o'clock game? I need to go with him, Kendall Wright, or Sterling Shepard in my last wide receiver slot. That is Bill in Smithville, Texas. Bill, thanks for the email. Randall Cobb listed officially today as doubtful. 
I see doubtful on an injury report. I just read out. Uh, I don't. I, I, yeah, he's outful. I don't believe he plays. I don't think he's worth waiting on. And between Sterling Shepard against the Eagles and Kendall Wright, who is uh, Kendall Wright's playing at home against Pittsburgh, Kendall Wright got taken off the injury report today. I am playing Kendall Wright over Sterling Shepard and Randall Cobb for this guy. Yeah, Kendall Wright might perform as the number one wide receiver on that team for all we know. God, God knows somebody needs to. Exactly. Besides Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I mean, and then on the Giants, Shepard's probably like at least third in the pecking order, maybe fourth for, wide, for getting receptions. Yeah. Yeah. Ingram's there, too. You saw Marshall occasionally making catches and dropping plenty. Um, and then you have Beck. For what it's worth, Evan Ingram listed as questionable. Uh, I thought he on practiced. Oh, he did practice? Okay. I thought he was supposed to play. Okay. Uh, speaking of Tariq Cohen, we should actually give you props on your big uh, board wager win last week. We had uh, Tariq Cohen versus Delaney Walker, and thanks to Delaney Rucker's, uh, Walker's two-yard rushing touchdown. Well, you got to project those weird things to happen once yeah. in a while. He had like 18 points, and three <laughs> Cohen had like 15. So. I got kind of lucky there. I'll take you it. got lucky, but hey, listen, points count all the same. Uh, Walt in Raleigh, North Carolina. What a game tonight. I believe he sent this in yesterday. But in order to tell what's real and what's not, could you guys play a Yaman or nine with the Rams and Niners studs, TIA, that is Walt in Raleigh, North Carolina? Bravo to the Rams and Niners on Thursday night football. Two subpar teams on a subpar night. I couldn't get off my couch. I was telling Aaron this at work today. Mm-hmm. I said, I had to take out the garbage for like two and a half hours. I could not get off my couch. Co- I've never been. I can't remember the last time I was like so glued to a football game that wasn't a playoff game, right. especially a regular season game between two terrible teams in week three. It was insane. And I couldn't get off the couch. I ended up watching the entire game. And I was yeah. like, wow, that was so awesome. So entertaining. So many twists and turns. So many fantasy implications yeah. in it. So I got the Yaman or nine buttons here. Let's uh, go ahead and, uh, and fire it up. What I need you to do, Dave, mm-hmm. is uh, last night's big studs. Um, you are going to say their name. And by Yaman, I am saying I'm a believer in what I saw <laughs> last night is real for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. By nine, I'm saying it was fake. I'm not, uh, I don't see more of this coming. So fire away so I'm asking, whenever you're set. You, you are saying the player's name, and uh, you can feel free to agree or disagree with me. But I am the... A designated button pusher tonight for this game. You're, you're the pusher. Yeah, I'm the I'm the pusher. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's start with Jared Goff. Nine, <laughs> Speaking of stun. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no way Goff lights it up like that. I mean, even close to that for the rest of the year. Right. You know what sucks is in, in keep bringing up Carrington. I was so excited. I had Todd. That's the only league I checked. Yeah. In all my live scoring, because it was the only league I owned Gurley in, yeah. and I didn't want to check any other live scoring to not because I didn't want to see who I was going against. So I had Gurley um, in that league. Sweet, thirty-seven point nine. I'm going against Jared Goff in that league. He's playing Goff. I'm like, why the hell is he playing Goff? His only other quarterback is Andrew Luck. Well, that's really interesting. And really bad uh, team management. So he had twenty-seven from Goff. Okay. Speaking of Gurley, how about Todd Gurley? Yeah, man. That's an easy one. Officially turned the corner. I am a believer in Tiger. We, we, we listened to the Kentucky podcast uh, this week. Uh, Farrell Elliott talked about Chad Schroeder, one of the best players in the world. Who did he load up on in a ton of drafts this year? Mr. Todd Gurley. By the way, Kentucky podcast, I'm calling them out. They're stealing our guy. I got five on it. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, nice. Rob, Rob Fetcher was very polite and declined. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, you know, pretended not to hear it. But you, but, you try to fight him? Farrell Elliott, we, we hear you. Down? No, I will throw down. This is our segment. Loon is, is a fan of our show, not of the Kentucky Fantasy Football uh, State Championship podcast. Our buddy Kurt liked Todd Gurley this year quite a bit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and it's I paying off. With him in that one big Kurt, who is week. leading the entire Kentucky Fantasy yeah, Football State Championship uh, right now. We, uh, game last night. He's going to be leading it after this right. game. So, uh, Tavon Austin. 
<laughs> I don't know, I'm wasting time. Frankly, I could be wrong on that. Maybe it's a Yaman because I feel like he didn't do much. He didn't. Okay, let's go to Robert Woods. Okay. Still a believer in Cooper Cup over Robert Woods. All right, speaking of Cooper Cup, how about him? Uh, Saying nine because he didn't do much, and I I really am a believer in him the rest of the season. All right, so let's go back to the Niners. Carlos Hyde. Yeah, man. Looked great being involved in the passing game, and, and, you know, you saw Kyle Shanahan really try to ram it into the – he scored both his touchdowns on fourth down runs, and I believe that's after he failed to get in on the first three plays of each of those series. You're talking about eight goal line runs he had this game. Give me Carlos Hyde. That's just great. It was impressive <laughs> that they were that they would rush. I I, always, I thought they were passing on all those like that. And so, they still ran it. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Even for the Rams, so great to see him. All this all this people going for it on fourth down. It was fantastic. It was such a great game to watch. Yeah. Uh, Pierre Garcon. Yeah, man. Big believer, big believer in him before the start of the season. Nothing changed. He, I I couldn't believe that that he has one of the best hands set of hands in the NFL. They were showing that stat, like yeah. one drop pass. Last year was insane. He, really, he looked really good. I mean, he, he was open a lot. He was very passionate. He was playing hard. It, just, it, was, it was nice to see it. I mean, he was really he's rejuvenated. If it wasn't for that Sammy Watkins, like, over-the-shoulder catch, that, he was made, that was awesome. If it wasn't for that catch, Garcon's catch on the deep ball would have been the catch yeah. everybody was talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. They both had great nights. I yeah. think that's it. I mean, you want me to mention these George Kibble and the bits? Uh, well, what about Sammy Watkins? Oh, I'm saying, I mean, Sammy Watson, yes. Whatever. I don't know if we've met. I'm Eric Balkman. Oh, that's right. You're a Watkins hater. I am a Watkins You're hater. making a big mistake. My Hopefully friend. that helps out uh, Walton Raleigh, North Carolina with, uh, <laughs> with that. Uh, Steve in Calabasas, California. I went zero RB in one of my leagues and got Bilal Powell in the seventh, Matt Forte in the twelfth, and Elijah McGuire off waivers, thinking one of these guys would step forward. Are any of them startable this week? And conversely... Are any of them cuttable? That is Stephen, Calabasas, California. I would hang on to Powell. And honestly, I did like Forte at the start of the year. I would do what I could to keep him. I'm fine with ditching my, McGuire, and I'm not playing any of these guys this week. They had like a one-third, one-third, one-third target. And you know what? Everybody's saying like, oh, this is terrible for fantasy. I can't count on any of them. Uh, I think this is a good thing because now you know that just don't play them. Look for another option. This is clear. You know, they're making the decision for you. Do not put them in your lineup. And I'm not. If he has has a zero-RB team, he may need to. So I would say Forte is the guy to play. That's pretty easy. He did have the most carries uh, or the most touches last week. And actually, number two on that list, you guessed it, Elijah McGuire. Bilal Powell was third. So Paul is the guy. said something to the coaches in the locker room. Then you never know. Especially with the Jets, you never know. Um, And maybe he sat for the national anthem. Wasn't the Jets owner big against that? Yeah, I that, mean, maybe that could that'd be, be kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> if you were an owner, would you would you do that? Would you like call down? Uh, don't don't the, put me in this position. If someone did something that offended you, would you say, "Yeah, cut him"? I, I, if if somebody the Eric Davis, if, Eric okay. Davis, Al, Al Volkman. If if I was the owner of an NFL team and I was offended by something that one of my players one did, of your employees did. I, I would want to have a sit-down conversation before with him, get an explanation from him before I did anything. And, you know, you I, know I, feel, I feel like that would help me make my decision after that. You know what would be cool is if, it, if an owner did it, um, like let's say it was sitting down for the National Anthem, if he did it right then. Uh, hey, send Kaepernick up to my box right now. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. He has to, like, hustle off the field of security and then go up to the owner's box. I could box see and... Jerry Jones doing something <laughs> like that. would be so fun. Yeah. I wish, I wish tell more. Ezekiel to get out of that Salvation Army <laughs> pot. I need to have a conversation yeah, with him. Yeah, tell him to get upstairs. 
right now. There's an elevator. I'm sure it'll take like two minutes. Yeah, when Jerry World, man, they probably had elevators all over the place. <laughs> uh, what's up, uh, Howard and Reed? A couple of Jordans. I grabbed Christian McCaffrey in several of my leagues this year and was honestly hoping for more. Is this the week he breaks out? Could you play a Would You Rather with him for week three? Keep up the sometimes good work, except when you tell me to draft McCaffrey. That is Mark in Denver, Colorado. Um, okay, I'm still not that concerned about Christian McCaffrey. Maybe that's, you know, pie-eyed optimism on, <laughs> on my part. Um, but uh, I think that uh, we have obviously not seen the best of McCaffrey. I think he's going to have a couple of blow-up games. I'm not that – I mean, I guess I'm a little concerned, but not that concerned. Still rolling him out there. I mean, he's a, he's a big play, player, and he hasn't been able to break any big plays yet. And he's getting the bump in the number of touches that you kind of expected. Maybe you hope for a little bit more, but that's fine. And so I'm, I'm putting him out there at, at, all the time. And they said they're going to ride the hot hand. Yeah. And people took that to mean, like, oh, Stewart's going to get all these carries. That might mean the opposite, in fact. You just don't know for sure. And I, I think that that's a little bit of coach speak, too. I mean, I think that, that they're each have their roles, and they're each going to make, you know, get a few plays. Uh, would you rather, real quick, with Christian McCaffrey for week three, Dave? Sure. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is uh, at home against New Orleans. Would you rather have him or Leonard Fournette against the Ravens? Uh, um, you know, give me, you know, I'm going to take McCaffrey. I would too. Yeah, the rush defense for Baltimore is so good. I don't, I don't think that uh, it's that close, to be honest with you. Uh, McCaffrey or Lynch at Washington? Um, I'll take Lynch. I would. High total. It is a high total. I'm still taking McCaffrey against the Saints. Uh, Tariq Cohen or McCaffrey? Cohen is at home against the Steelers. I'll take McCaffrey. I agree. And Isaiah Kroll at the Colts or McCaffrey? <laughs> you know, Kroll, man, you know, there's probably at least a 50% chance he outperforms McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because of the PPR, I mean, yeah. McCaffrey's got that higher floor. So I would, because I would, I mean, I think it's more conservative to actually play McCaffrey. So I'll take McCaffrey there. I, I totally agree with you. And I lied. I'm going to do one more because this is a guy that you said earlier in the show would have a big week. Uh, and you mentioned PPR. Uh, Buck Allen at the Jaguars or Christian McCaffrey at home against the Saints. Uh, you know, I'll take Buck Allen, actually. Oddly enough, eh, he's not an elite talent, though. He is, definitely is not. I'll take Buck Allen. I just don't, I don't trust Terrence West, and okay. I think Allen's going to – But it's he, close for you. Yeah, and he's going to have a lot of catches, too. That's the thing is he's a you – know, I wouldn't say dynamic, but he's a three-dimensional back in that he can make catches as well. Uh, I would play McCaffrey over Buck Allen. You know, it's funny. I own those guys in three leagues uh, – or I own those guys together in three leagues this week, and I'm already playing both of them. No, so good. I, yeah, so it, it works out nicely for me there. Uh, let's get into some starter sits here, and then we'll get out of here. Hello, HSFF Hour. Who should I start at quarterback this week? Dak Prescott at the cards or famous Jameis in mini? That is Fred in Toledo, Ohio. Prescott or Winston this week, Dave? I am going with Prescott, even though he's on the road. Well, Winston, I guess, is on the road, too, in Minnesota. Give me Prescott against Arizona. Not concerned about the injury. Honestly, I'm going to take Jameis Winston. I'm going to actually be on your boy for a while. Ah, perfect. I think Winston, I just like his talent. I don't think Prescott's really showing a whole lot of improvement. I like, I like the Vikings' defense uh, better than the Cardinals, I guess. Uh, Gary in Portland, Oregon. I had a couple of running backs on my bench blow up last week, and now I need one of them to start in week three over Bill Awful Powell. Amir Abdullah hosting Atlanta or Chris Thompson at home on Sunday night against Las Vegas. Trying to get used to it now. Appreciate you. That is Gary in Portland, Oregon. So if you have the decision between two week two studs, Amir Abdullah uh, getting the Falcons at home, Dave, or Chris Thompson also at home against the Raiders. I'll take Chris Thompson, actually. I, I, I like him the best. I think he, he only has to deal with uh, pedestrian backs, you know, which, whichever one's healthy or playing. Yeah. 
And Abdullah has to deal with, you know, Theoretic is actually all right. Slam dunk for me. Totally Thompson. High total. And Rob Kelly's banged up. And Samanji Pirine does not look ready for prime time, which is ironically when they will be playing. <laughs> so I am totally on the Chris Thompson bandwagon uh, this week and definitely playing him over Amir Abdullah. Jared in New York, New York. Do I start Marquise Lee in London versus the Ravens? or Tyrell Williams, who gets the undefeated Chiefs at home. Thank you for the email, Jared, in New York, New York. Uh, Marquise Lee against the Ravens, which I guess is a Jacksonville home game, even though it's really not, or Tyrell Williams against uh, that Kansas City secondary in Los Angeles. Do you have a feeling here between Lee or Williams, Dave? I'll take Tyrell Williams. Williams is more talented. He's, uh, he's got definitely better quarterback play. And I think that game could – those games do turn into shootouts. I mean, those, those AFC West games happen to do that. Not all the time, but often enough. I will echo all the points you made. Agree with Tyrell Williams there. Uh, again, I don't foresee a high-scoring game in that London game. And uh, it seemed like Jacksonville really wanted to get the ball to Alan Hearns rather than Marquise Lee. So take that for what it's worth. Colin in Camden, New Jersey. Hello, Balkman and Gerzak, attorneys at Fantasy. Do I play Kobe Fleener in Carolina or Jack Doyle at home playing the Browns? Have a great weekend. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for the email. Hope you have a great weekend, too. Kobe Fleener against the Panthers, Dave, uh, on the road, or uh, Jack Doyle at home against the Browns. Which one are you playing? I'll take Jack Doyle. I would, too. I mean, you know, the way that Brissett was peppering him with targets, um, I, I, I really like Doyle just in general. Those young quarterbacks, they throw their tight ends. It's their safety blanket. That is their safety blanket. Yeah. And the Cleveland defense, regardless of what we talked about earlier, they still do suck. It's not a good defense. I, I don't think they suck. They but, suck. Okay, well, I... Agree to disagree there. Did you see a – Well, according to this, they're ranked 31st against something. I don't know what it is. But, oh, against tight ends. Oh, well. So they suck against tight ends. And that's that. what we care about for this question. <laughs> um, I saw this stat, not that you would care. It was like last – I think it was last week. For, for the first time in NFL – not NFL history. It was like the first time in like 30 or 40 years or something. Four quarterbacks from the same school all got starts. Oh, really? And that fa- football quarterback factory was, of course – North Carolina State. <laughs> really? Uh, Philip so, Philip Rivers. Rivers, yep. Rivers. Okay. You want to guess the other three? Uh, you know, I want to, but Rivers might be the only one I know. Well, we just mentioned one for the Colts. Uh, Brissett. Jo- Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. See, I'm not. I don't have as much NFL deep knowledge of sucky guys. I'll give you a awesome. hint. This other guy may have gone to NC State, but you know him as Beaker from the Muppets. Ah, uh, Glennon. Mike Glennon. Yeah. And the other one was kind of cheap because he technically. Did play there for the majority of his career, but he actually, um, his last year was uh, as a Wisconsin Badger in college, but he did play at NC State for his first three years. He also played a little baseball in the summer for the Texas Rangers. His name's Russell Wilson. So those four quarterbacks are all from NC State. Uh, Two more emails and we'll call it a show. Greetings and salutations. Need your advice on my final flex this week for my FPC league. Devontae Parker at the Terrible Jets or Beast Mode Lynch traveling to D.C. against Washington. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan in Marshall, Minnesota wrote that email. Thank you for the email, Dan. Um, That's easy. Parker or Lynch? You're going with Lynch? I'm going with Lynch. It's easy for me because he's guaranteed touches. It's probably going to be a competitive game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. He can get some pass catches, pass catches. If they start blowing out the Jets, Parker might get like two for 18. So yeah. You know. Parker, by the way, uh, also a little bit dinged up. And Jarvis Landry, I don't know if you saw this, Dave, uh, last week, set an NFL record, 78 catches in one game. Yeah, it was no insane. Kidding. Fantastically insane. Yeah, the whole rumor of Cutler throwing, not throwing to Landry. That, yeah. that was incorrect. Yeah, it was incorrect. And a lot of people got great value on that, too, with, uh, with Landry. Final email tonight, Bobby and Clover, South Carolina. I'm without Tyler Eifert at Flex this week, so do I still start Charlie Clay at home against the Broncos for the one-and-a-half PPR or roll with Cleveland's new wide receiver one, Richard Higgins, 
rolling up numbers on the road in Indy. Your pod is my fave. That is Bobby in Clover, South Carolina. Bobby, thanks so much for the email. Thanks for the kind words. So it comes down to Higgins or Clay, obviously in a tight end premium format here, Dave. Um, Clay has a tough matchup against Denver this week. I'm not all that excited. I, I think I would go with the upside here and, and play Higgins, given all the uh, – uh, targets he saw last week, and given the fact that Indianapolis uh, secondary is not so good, uh, I might have to take Charles Clay. I mean, he's a consistent veteran, and he's one of the best receivers on the team. So I'm, he's one of the few receivers on the he's team. One of the few, few <laughs> and best receivers on the team. He, yeah. you know, he actually does. He can get red zone looks, whereas Higgins is more of a slot player, so he's probably not likely to get that. Um, so I, I guess I'd go with Clay. You're going with Clay, and we're gonna go out of here tonight. I want to thank uh, tonight's guest. Uh, Jeff Havenstreit, uh, second place in the Football Guys Players Championship. I want to thank Dave Gerzak for toughing it out like the trooper he is. He is why he's the dizzle, ladies and gentlemen. The FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, all of you will be back next week at 10, 9 Central. Another reminder, ladies and gentlemen, early lineups, 9.30 Eastern Time Sunday morning from Jolly Old London. Ravens and Jags get those lineups on Saturday night or early Sunday morning. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Normally we do a little uh, vignette here at the end, but I can't because Dave is uh, currently shooting some cough syrup. Get well soon, buddy. Enjoy week three, everybody.